Warning, because of the extreme content in this podcast, it is not appropriate for children. It contains depictions of violence, language, and disturbing subject matter. It is recommended strictly for adult audiences. Parental guidance is suggested. My name is Joey Siaglia, and I am so excited to welcome you back for season four of Murder Phone. Have you ever had a conversation with a serial killer and lived to tell about it? My brother, Tony Siaglia, a traumatic brain injury survivor and subject of the best-selling book, The Serial Killer Whisperer, has spoken for hundreds of hours with some of the world's worst serial killers. This season is titled Finding Megan Emmerich. In July of 1973, 17-year-old Megan Emmerich disappeared from Seward, Alaska. Her body has never been found. Megan was believed to be one of Robert Hansen's victims. Robert Hansen is the worst serial killer in Alaskan history, and he shared a cell with Tony's friend Manfred West for over seven years. During that time, Hansen shared many secrets with West, including the location of his hidden cabin where we believe Megan Emmerich has been buried for over three decades. Tony, along with our father and co-host, Al Siaglia, will share hours of tape-recorded conversations with Manfred West that detail some of the most intimate stories that Hansen ever shared in that jail cell. This season, with the help of prisoner Manfred West, Tony will finish the quest he started over 15 years ago, finding Megan Emmerich. This is Murder Phone. Hey, Murder Phoniacs. This is your host, Tony Siaglia, the serial killer whisperer. Yeah. I want to pick up where we left off last week. The infamous newspaper article that came out of nowhere. This article that was published in September 2008 caused a ration of shit for Manford and scared the shit out of us, too. Yeah. You know, when we finally got around to finding out about it. Mm-hmm. So much for remaining anonymous. Yes. There was no podcast back then. I know. They're probably sad when they hear that. Yeah. They were, I wish there was. Yeah. Right? They were missing out back then. I know. So we, were we. Yeah. Hell, there wasn't even a book yet. That took a long time to do that. Bit. Yeah. Yeah. It's like two, two years to, to, to write it. Two yeah. years to publish the fucking thing. Yeah, it took a while. Mm-hmm. But it was worth it. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, is is it was only supposed to be me, Manford, Sheila, and the two agents. We cooperated and made a ton of information available that Manford had supplied. We didn't ask for anything 
We didn't want anything other than to find Megan Emmerich. Oh, wait. Wait. There is something that we did want. A fucking phone call. Just one fucking phone call. You know, one that would have given us heads up that the plane was about to hit the fucking mountain. Truth. Be known. Yes. Yes. Instead, we got nothing. Nothing. Not a fucking thing. I still get mad thinking about it. I hear you, buddy. Here is a call I had with Manford after we found out about the newspaper story. Just had one of them weeks where you just want to bang your head on the wall, but it doesn't do any good. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about, right? Mm-hmm. I do. I'm just hanging in there, just trying to deal with this stuff, that newspaper article. I'm making a deal with it right now. With who? Uh, the other people that he's trying to deal with. Mm-hmm. I just told them, hey, you know, forget him. I'll just we get together. We all need to get together. I'll cook up some kind of a meeting and, and uh, show me some maps and I'll tell you where to go. Oh, okay. I won't get anything out of it except a hard time from everybody and probably a transfer someplace. But that's okay. I didn't do it. I'm not doing it to try to help me. I'm doing it to help them. So. Yeah. It says one of our brothers is alive. Anyways, I'm going to do that here in the next two or three days. What, meet with them? I'm hoping so. Uh-huh. Who is them? Well, there's that lady, uh, there's a lady from the Seward uh, PD department. And uh, I don't want to talk to the lady that wrote the article. She kind of made me mad, but I want to talk to her. Okay. Sometimes women get a little bit, they wanted to, apparently from what I can see there, she wanted the uh, highlight of being uh, in that story. Sometimes people ride on that kind of stuff, you know. They need to be talked about, they need to know that they're doing something. She didn't realize the kind of danger she put me in by doing that. Because she didn't check with you first. Yeah, she didn't even bother checking with gotten any shit around the prison for it? What's that? Have you gotten any shit around the prison for it? Oh, yeah. I got some, but I'm, I'm handling that pretty good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I know what I got to do if I got to do it. They know that. Yeah. Never, nobody even do anything stupid. They know it's good for me. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm really mellowed out. Well, I'm not but you don't forget that stuff. No, and it could come back like riding a bike. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Five, five, five second deal. Mm-hmm. I 
everybody there's this time now where I need to put my attention over to my co-host Iron Mike Tyson <laughs> <laughs> You're not going to fucking let this go, are you? No. But, but my little thing that I still have. Oh, gosh. The fuck? See, it, it's, it's, it's a floater is what it's called. No. Flipper. A flipper is what it's like called. Like this. It's a flipper. <laughs> it goes up in there, and there's like a bridge under his front teeth. So, so that's, that's why he's talking a lot like this. Like You're making fun of Mike. Hi, Mike. <laughs> that better, that would be it. I know. I'd better have a gun. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you can outrun him. No. Hmm. All right. That was <laughs> that was quite an introduction. Mm-hmm. Could you at least use my name? Thank you. The fucking Coxman. Thank you. Mm-hmm. I appreciate that. You they should. appreciate oh, that. Oh, I know. They love oh, it. Oh, boy. 
All right. Let me um, let me introduce myself. Mick Jagger. I'm a man of wealth and no, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Let me address the conversation that uh, you just played. It was. Uh, it goes back a long ways. It goes back to late 2008, right after Manford found out that there was a newspaper article leaked by one of the agents. You can tell he's really disgusted, you know, and he just wants to show them where the cabin is on the map. That's it. It's all he wants. He's not asking for anything, and you can tell he's really fed up with the politics that are always there, and they always come into play. Always. You can't yeah. do anything, you know? There it is. Mm-hmm. You got to ask this guy and get this approval. And this you got to you got to ask Nancy Pelosi. Oh please, <laughs> <laughs> she's she's retired, uh-huh. <laughs> sorta. Okay. So Manfred tells Tony that he wants to meet with the lady from Seward. That would be Sheila Squires and Agent Gary, who didn't know about the article. He's with uh, missing and exploited children. And Manfred, he wanted nothing to do with the agent that he felt leaked the article that truly put him in danger. You know, you asked him, Tony, if if he was getting threats. And he said, do you you love the pussies? I mean, the way he described it. The guys that are threatening him, they're on the other side of the fence. So, you know, if you've ever been to a prison, you know, they've got mods and they've got their areas, you know, based on where they're staying. So when he's out there, the guys are on the other side of the fence and they're, we're going to kill you. You're a rat. You're this. You're Hey, you know, like he said, he, he couldn't do anything about it. He couldn't get over the fence. There's a razor wire on the top. But Tony, I want to ask you a question. Do you think that gangster wannabe that you wanted to kick the shit out of, you think he's one of the guys that was threatening from the other side of the fence? What do you think? Definitely. Because, <laughs> I mean, he, he, would, he would never get up in Manfred's face. No, no, that's just not going to happen. Yeah, I mean, look at him. He felt my, my fucking hurt. <laughs> yes, he did. I looked through him with my eyes. It was like... <laughs> Oh, boy. Look out. There's that look. There's the look again. Scary. You guys on YouTube. He saw it. Don't click it off. He saw it and he felt it. Okay. Mm -hmm. Thank you for that. Mm -hmm. Okay. On March 9th, 2009, a letter went out to William Satterberg, who was at one time the attorney representing Manford West. The letter was from the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children. So I'm going to read this to you guys right now. To Mr. William Satterberg, Jr., Esquire. Dear Sir, my name is Jerry Nance, and I am the supervisor of the Forensic Services Unit at the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children. My unit handles cases of long-term missing children unidentified human remains of children, and cold case homicides of children. One of the services we offer to the police 
is the use of retired homicide investigators who volunteer their time to assist on cases. These retired detectives are part of a program called Project Alert, America's law enforcement retiree team. There are two members of this program that will be handling the case at the request of the chief of police from Seward, Alaska. They are assisting and investigating the disappearance of Megan Emmerich. Information provided by your client could be significant in trying to locate Megan. We appreciate the courtesy you are providing. If there are any questions, I can be reached at, and there's a phone number. Sincerely, Jerry Nance. I'm reading this because this was March 2009. These agents had already been in touch with Tony, and uh, so we knew about them. And this just goes to show you what Tony had talked about last week. All that stuff about the Seward police and, and, and Sheila going into the archives and moving things around and took an interest. No, no. The interest was all generated by Tony and the information that Manfred supplied him. That letter went to Satterberg. And uh, you may remember Mr. Satterberg. He sent to the parole board back on March 29th, 2022. So that was last March. Supporting Manfred's parole. We covered it. We talked about it. We read the letter. But we've been in contact with uh, Mr. Satterberg, and he's in the middle of a murder trial right now. But when he gets done with the trial, he is definitely going to come on murder phone. And you don't want to miss that episode. We've talked extensively with him. He's an unbelievable guy, mm. and he's got some really good it's very stories interesting. and information. And he is going to help us on this road to finding the cabin. You know, Tony? Yeah? Manford, you and I were right in the middle of a swirling shitstorm back then, and it was only getting worse. Take over, will you, buddy? Good job. Thank you. Very good job. Pay me. Well, we had to talk about that. Uh-huh. Yeah. You know, I, yeah. I, it's always talk, talk, yeah. talk. It's okay. I, I don't. Don't worry about it. All right. I just don't feel. I have the money to you pay know, you. Don't worry about it. I have Haddon Clark keeping the records for me. So we'll make sure that they're done right. <laughs> <laughs> Haddon Clark. <laughs> there you go. You know, Dad, you're right about the things getting worse with the shit storm and everything. Let's hear what Manfred had to say way back in 2009. Just the questions that he was asking me, mm-hmm. he told me that they are seriously looking for this place. 
But what they what he doesn't seem to understand, he seems to be bouncing around, they call gauge and contact gauge, try to get information from gauge, try to get information from Andy. What they don't seem to understand is there's only three people. There's only two people with that information. And the worm ain't talking, because they've already been up there to see him. He ain't talking. Yeah, he wouldn't even see him. Huh? He wouldn't even see him or talk to him. The only other one is me, and for some reason Gary seems to be trying to find out without going through me. But I suppose that's uh, how law enforcement works. Yeah. I go to him and we can bounce around, maybe we can get it without making any deals or anything. I never told him I wanted any deals. So I don't know why he's bouncing around in circles. But the fact that he's going to meet Andy <laughs> tells me that shit's deep. Yeah. Boy, that would make my day if they tell me remains. It'd be something, wouldn't it? After all these years? Yep, or something. He said that uh, the worm's wife wasn't too uh, forthcoming. Okay. And I believe she was forthcoming, otherwise he wouldn't have spent an hour with her on uh -huh. So, what I'm thinking is uh, uh, all the questions he asked me and everything that he asked me about all the all the stuff that he asked me tells me that he actually talked to the worm's wife mm -hmm. and that she admitted to the to the building. Otherwise, he would have never went on for 45 minutes asking me the questions he asked me. Yeah, is that good or bad? Well, it, 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 it's bad for me because um, of my situation. See, people don't care. Uh, uh, the worm. Nobody gives a shit about him. But they, uh, but when you live in a place like this, if you are talking to anybody, uh. people in here, you are considered no good. Sort of like uh, if you were in love with the mob, the mob went and said something, you know what I mean? Yeah. And that's the way it is. That's the way it is. He said, um, uh, even though nobody really gives a shit about him, they would think that I might be trying to get one of them. Uh, you know, there's all kinds of people in here for things that they haven't got caught for. Once you get labeled like that, you're absolutely screwed no matter, no matter what happens. And that's the reason I was really holding off. And, you know, it needed to be done. To, I think I did the right thing. They may, yeah. they may move me now. I'm down, down the road, they may move me. I may go anywhere from place called Juneau, Alaska, to a place called North Dakota, to some other place. Okay. So, that's the deal there. But you know what? Yes. I feel like, I feel like I'm, a, I'm a flying man anyways. I've been down here three different times. Where? So where you're at right now? Yeah. I've been on Con Air so many times I can tell you what it, I can tell you what it looks like. Did you ever see the movie Con Air? Yeah, yeah, that was pretty wild. Mm-hmm, it? Yeah, it wasn't quite like that in a real plane, but it, it, it had some same situations. Uh-huh. So I don't know, it, then uh, my friend in uh, Anchorage, my friend that I think I told you about, a guy named Kenny Gate that wanted to write a story about my life. Yes. Well, he's been being bombarded by the cold case and the state troopers because I forgot about something way back 20 years ago, I was a 
I was exploring an old burnout cabin in Alaska, mm -hmm. and I found a human skull in the, in the burnout ashes. And of course, being the wretched old pot smoking guy that I was, I turned it in. And uh, so they called Kenny here a couple weeks ago, called Kenny did and wanted to know what he knew about me finding that skull. Well, I forgot I'd even gone to it so long ago. Well, I guess that case was never solved. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. They, he, old Kenny, he's all nerved up and shook up. But he, he didn't know anything to tell him anything anyways. No, I turned it in. What was I supposed to do? Yeah. But they're thinking other things. They would like to find some way to add to my uh, my past. What, throw that on you? Yeah, that's what it looks like. Well, and it'll never happen because I didn't do it. But and they're, they don't know that. They, they think differently than we do. They, they have a job to do, and they do it quite thoroughly. And I don't blame them for thinking what they think. That's their job. Uh -huh. and, and I can understand that. But no. Uh, so anyway, uh, I didn't mean to call you so quick, but I figured I'd let you in on what was going down. You, know, you were the one that helped me get started, I thought. No, oh, no, no. Thanks, thanks for letting me. I thought you should know everything. Let me know, yeah. I want to keep you informed on what's happening. Remember, Manfred was having meetings with a few of the officials, and he offered to give them everything they need. He didn't want anything for the information except some peace of mind. I hear you, Manfred. Yeah. That's all I ask for. It's true, isn't it? And pray for. I know. That's peace of mind. Yeah. I mean, this is a good time to interrupt this. I just want to point out that I've had some horrible times lately. And thank God that I'm I've felt good for the past two days. Yes. Mm -hmm. It's a start, right? It's a start. But the problem is, is I always know it's going to come back. And, and it does its damage every time it comes back. I, um... My dad had to come in my room two nights in a row because I was crying and, and nothing made sense. My head, my brain, the world. And, and when it's racing like that, you can't, you can't sleep, you can't do anything. You can't um, go out in public. And this man here, he comes in and he talks to me for about 15 minutes. And he makes the sea calm so I can go to sleep. Could thank I, you. Uh, could I interrupt? Uh -oh. mm, I'm no, done. you don't ever have to thank me. I told you that, and that's true. 
for you guys that are listening, I, I know we always talk about YouTube, and we really want you to go to YouTube because I think you're missing some things. But if you would go to YouTube, Tony made a video <clears throat> for traumatic brain injury, traumatic brain injury awareness month, which was last month, and uh, he's posted the video on YouTube on our channel. Uh, it's really informative. It's really interesting. Um, and I just think that everybody that's interested in this podcast ought to look at that because you'll get a, a, a really good idea of what's going on with Tony or what has gone on with him in the past. But uh, And you get to see him when he was pretty young. Mm-hmm. Pretty young. Yeah. But, yeah, if you guys could do that, <laughs> that would be great. Tune in there and... And check it out. It's it's posted now. And peace of mind, man. You know, that that brought it to the forefront. And that's not too much to ask for, is it? Just a little peace of mind. And I pray for it for him every, every night. Mm-hmm. I'd like to ask all of you to pray for me also. Please. Yes. So back to this here. Manfred didn't want anything for the information except some peace of mind. That he would be moved away from the Alaskan prisoners so he wouldn't be killed or hurt for talking about it. It just baffles me that he's got a fear for his life because he's doing the right thing. I know. You know? I know. I know prisons, it's hard for them to really believe. But, you know, this is 2009. He started his program with AA back in 1995. So they they had to have a pretty good idea that this guy, you know, he was serious. Mm-hmm. And he wanted to do the right thing. And he wanted to do some good. Speaking of the YouTube, there's two pictures <laughs> That you'll see, and you see the beard. Remember, you saw it. Oh, yeah. The, the gray beard. It looks almost fake. <laughs> it looks like, you know, he's missing the, the Santa Claus uh, mustache and hat. <laughs> but you'll see the beard. But he's really proud in this one. He's in his graduation outfit. And because we're talking about this, I thought this would be cool. He graduated from, as he told us back then, it was the hardest program that he had been involved in. And he was very proud. Mm-hmm. That's why he sent that picture. He's in his, uh, you know, the hat, the graduation gown. And uh, <laughs> it's pretty cool. I mean, he's he really uh, busted his ass to get where he was. Yes. So, you Can know, I, we're pulling for him all the time. I just thought of something. Yeah. You know, you said AA. Yeah. You know, alcohol Anonymous. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's a wonderful thing. And it yeah. helps. Yeah. It helps. <clears throat> millions of people just think if there was an AA asshole anonymous <laughs> just think you could put every fucking asshole that you know in asshole anonymous and it would maybe help them they could have a booklet and everything and i mean not i'm not joking around about AA AA is a wonderful thing yeah i'm just i know, know i know what you're saying yeah it's- because I know so many assholes. Might not be a bad idea. I know. I like it. I like you. I love you. <laughs>
I love you, Kurt. <laughs> I love you, too. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we better get back here. Uh-huh. So you heard it in the conversation. They are seriously looking for the cabin, which is wonderful. But they're going to this guy, Gage, and they're trying to get it, information from him and other people in Manfred. He just can't understand why. And I... Tony didn't have an answer, and I'm I'm with him. I don't understand why. You know, Manfred said the only two people that really know 100% where it is is him and Hanson. They went to see Hanson. He wouldn't even talk to him, or would he wouldn't see him, right? Yeah. Yeah. Big shot that he was a fucking asshole. Oh, there you go. AA. Asshole, asshole anonymous. Yeah. yeah. Hey, he mentioned Con Air too, and, and you notice in, in the uh, in the comments he said he, he he's been on Con Air so many times he really got used to it. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it's kind of cool. They were filming uh, this right before we moved here. Uh-huh. Uh huh. We were visiting Vegas. And hey, they, I they asked were filming. him. I asked him if John Malkovich was on the plane. <laughs> <laughs> but remember, they were filming. It was the Sands was still there, and uh, they had the. The uh, the fuselage of the jet in the front of the sands. That's where they were doing the filming. I don't know how they filmed uh, that. The I don't Fucking crashed in on the strip. Great movie. Yeah. Really a great movie. A lot of action. Mm. But anyway, I'd like to point out something here. Uh, Manfred talked about the skull, and I, I want to make sure you guys got this because twenty years previous, he had been like going through a cabin, uh, a burned out cabin in Alaska. And he found a skull, a human skull. What do you do with that? You turn it in. Mm-hmm. Like I think he said that I was a the old hippie pot smoker that I was. Or take it home and put it on the mantle. <laughs> you know? He did that when he was a kid. But no, yeah. you turn that in. That that's what you would do. And he did. So what are they doing now? This guy's trying to do something good. The cold case people are blowing up Ken Gage's phone trying to get him to beef on Manfred that he somehow had something to do with the skull. So they're trying to pin that on him all the time that he's trying to do some good. So you can understand why we were all confused, including Manfred. We just couldn't figure this shit out. I'm sorry. I get revved up a little bit, Don. You know? I love... I I think it's sexy. Yeah. I think the ladies think it's sexy, too. That's funny. You're up. I'm serious. You're up. They don't. <sighs> Trust me. All right. You know, Dad, swirling shitstorm is a great description. The next letter that I got from Manford will really paint a picture of this. Gee, that's a pun. Paint a picture yes, it is. of this. Yes, it is. You know, and he's an artist. Yeah. See, I see things like that. I know you do. It might not mean anything to you, but, but to them, it means something. I think it does. Exactly. Now go ahead and drink. You need to drink. You need to read. This is a letter dated March 19th, 2009. Hi, Tony. 
I got some bad news today and I need you to please fax Agent Gary a one-page note from me. I just talked to an Alaskan PO who said that I would have to stay here with the Alaskan prisoners if I helped the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children. There you go. That's another way. If you help us, we're going to fuck you. Yeah, I I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't get it either, Dad. I don't get it. National Center for Missing and Exploited Children, meaning I would be in the hole for the next 17 years of my life. I can't even imagine that. No. No way. No. I'm not going to do that. No way, no how. I like that. Yeah. Robert Hansen is the biggest criminal in the state of Alaska. And once this gets out that I have helped with finding this cabin, I will be known as an informant and a rat. When they find the cabin, my life will turn upside down overnight. So unless the agent can work out something with the head of the DOC, Alaska, I will not look or talk anymore on what I know on Hansen's cabin. Nothing at all. I may not have much of a life, but it's all I have and I'm not going to give it up for the worm or anyone else. Yeah, good point. Don't give your life up for this fucking... Yeah, exactly right. Parasite. Yeah. He's a parasite on a turd. (laughs) Unless we can work this out, and it shouldn't be this hard, I have to look out for myself and I come first on this one. I really need this taken care of. A-S-A-P. Hope all is well with you and your family. Thanks a ton, my friend. Respect, Manford. P.S. Thanks for everything. All right, all right, all right. No, I screwed that up. All right, all right, all right. (laughs) (laughs) All right, now, this is the fax that he had me send to the agent. March 18th, 2009. I've asked Mr. Siaglia to fax this note to you. Until you or someone in charge can contact the commissioner of Alaska Corrections and get me removed from the Alaskan prisoners at Red Rock Correctional so that I do not get hurt. I will not look at any maps or accept any visits having to do with Robert Hansen and or the cabin deal. I understand that other Alaskan prisoners have been put in other states, North Dakota, 
North Dakota. North Dakota. <laughs> Being one of them, I'm not concerned about where I'm going, but I have a lot of problems with the last newspaper article, and I am getting threatening remarks on my life. So I'm willing to help in any way I can, but I need to make sure that I'm shielded from injury and protected from prisoners that are making threats. Like that little pussy. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I knew I should have put a beat down on him. Thank you, Manford West. Dad, it's your time. Thank you. And I don't, and that facts, I don't think he was asking for too much, you know? He just wanted to be protected. Yeah, and he and, wants to fuck it and he wants to help them out. Yeah, and, you know, like he talked about, you know, prisoners, they don't give two shits about Hanson. They don't care about him. But they do care if you're if you're talking. They they definitely label you a rat. That's a code. A prison code. Yeah. So anyway, Manfred has been trying to help for quite a while, but he keeps getting fucked, as we said. The agents visited Tony in July 2008. Think about that. And they were impressed with the information that he made available. Then the fucking newspaper article came out in September of 2008. And this caused a real shitstorm for Manfred. And he was worried, but he still wanted to help. He had meetings with the Alaskan PO and Agent Gary from Missing and Exploited Children and was assured for his safety he would be moved away from the Alaskan prisoners. Mm. After this, we were sure that everything was being handled and Manfred would be safe. But no matter what he gave them, and in spite of all the assurances, they just kept fucking this fucking guy Fucking him over. Now, Tony received this letter. It was dated April 21st, 2009. Hi, AC. I'm in the hole. All that crap about Hanson came back up again. I was finding notes on my bed stating, you're a dead motherfucker. You're a dead man walking. I could cut the tension with a knife. People stopped talking to me, and I heard a gang by the name of Lowlife. Perfect name, by mm -hmm. the way. I heard a, a gang by the name of Lowlife had put a hit out on me. He's getting heated up, everybody. Well, it's just it's frustrating. It's, it is frustrating. Yeah. But I love watching you get fucking pissed. You. It was the darkest day of my life in prison, having to turn myself into the hole. I've lost all my hobby shop stuff. That's all of his art, all of his canvas, his brush, everything. He lost it all again. All this happened because of that fucking newspaper deal. That lady has no idea how much she messed up my life. But I'm sure she doesn't give a shit about that. I'm so mad because I was assured that they were going to move me away from the Alaskan prisoners. I've tried to help over and over, and they just keep sticking it up my ass. I'm mad, but I will handle it. It's spoken like a true man. 
Mm-hmm. Right? Oh, yeah. I will still work with Agent Gary from Missing Children because after all of this, something good has to come of it. Hey, Dad. But, yes. I'm going to interrupt you real quick. Yeah. I have cool hair on my script. <laughs> we have a cool, cat. Cool is our cat. Cool is our cat. <laughs> yeah. Mm. There's cool hair on the script? Oh, That's yeah. That's because she jumps up on the desk and helps. Yeah, she helps. <laughs> uh, don't you love it when she types with her oh, fucking... Oh, yeah, yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. This is a feral cat that we talked about that we took in a few years ago, and... She's not feral anymore. No. <laughs> She's amazing. Yeah. Back to the letter. But this will be my home for years. Now maybe it's for the best. At least I'm alive. I'm as alone as you can get. In all my 16 years, I've never been this alone in prison. I knew this day was coming. I even tried to tell the Alaskan PL, but they blew me off. I was assured that I would be moved, but as you can see, that never happened. Please tell Agent Gary that I am now in the hole thanks to the newspaper's shit and his partner. Also tell him I am still willing to help with all of this because I've lost way too much to just stop. It would have been nice if I would have been moved as promised. Thanks for all you do. You are a true friend. I'm here whining, and I forgot to tell you, I'm sorry that I got you mixed up in all this shit. Take care, my friend. Much respect. Cartoon Freddy. Thanks, Dad. Mm-hmm. Get a drink. Okay. Relax. I'm trying. I feel your heartbeat, like, yeah, well, all the way over here. I feel bad for him, mm-hmm. you know? And look at how he ends the letter. He's worried about you because he got you involved. Fuck it. We're going to get this thing done. Man, I hope so. We are. No Uh hoping. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Okay. Let's fast forward, right? Yeah. Let's fast forward a year to April 2010. Manford was finally moved to Hudson Correctional in Colorado. This is from a letter dated April 24th, 2010. Hey, Tony. My friend, it's great to be out of that hellhole. Thanks again for your help. So the book about you will be called The Serial Killer Whisperer. I sure like that. Pretty awesome. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I love it, though, when I tell people, like, there's a book written about, like, my life story and everything, uh-huh. and they're like, what's it called? And I'm like, well, it's called The Serial Killer Whisperer. Are you a serial killer? Hey. 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 <laughs> you love when they say that? I love it. Yeah. <laughs> you would say, yeah, you ought to pull out a butcher knife. <laughs> wow. I sure like that. It has a good sound to it. I hope I can read it when it comes out. I think the eyes play a big part of a serial killer. I saw Robert Hansen's eyes change whenever he talked about killing somebody. They turn totally black 
really kind of scary. Other than the eyes, you would never know what, what he was up to. Have you ever heard of that with other serial killers? I wish you all the best with the book. It does look like I may get to paint murals at this prison. I'm down with that. You know how I enjoy it. Hope all is well, my friend. Respect, Manford. Let, let's, yeah. let's talk about that for a second. All right. And we've talked about this several times before. Yes, we have. Um, In fact, we were just talking about it last week, remember? Uh-huh. About eyes turning black in these, these monsters. Like, we can name a few. Ted Bundy. Randy Kraft. Randy Kraft. You know. John Wayne Gacy. Dahmer. Um, Who's the other one we were talking we're, about? We're, do, we're able to do this because there were some survivors that survived in every one of them. Oh, oh Robert Hansen. Robert Hansen. <laughs> yeah. Every one of them described that there was a definite change. Every one of them described how their eyes got black. And it just seems to be a common... They're, they're fucking demons. They're demons. And, and I've, I've said that for the longest time. You have. When you used to really be into it with uh, the writings, you used to tell me that. These guys are demons, man. They're, they're really, really... They, they, they can't be human. That's no. what you would say. No, because humans can't do that kind of stuff. Right. You know? Right. Whew. Oh. We didn't see his eyes turn black, but we saw Shawcross go somewhere else. And I remember uh, Manfred describing Hanson. Yes. Know, when, his, when he was going into his stories. Arthur Shawcross definitely went somewhere else. I mean, his eyes rolled and he, and he blinked was, them. And, and he was sweating profusively drooling. from the forehead. Yeah. Yeah. I hope you never, ever have to see that. Yeah, I don't want to see You don't ever want to be on that end of these guys. You know, we're getting you as close to a serial killer as you ever want to be. That's a true statement, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Definitely. So stay there. Yeah. <laughs> Let's fast forward again to 2012 this time. Things were moving along really well, and we found out that Hansen's wife verified the cabin that was big. Yes. Mm -hmm. And actually showed Agent Gary a picture of the cabin, and it looked just like the sketch Hansen drew in his cell. Manfred was still willing to help, and he had all the answers, but no one was paying any attention to him. There you go again. Just don't get it. Mm-hmm. And that sketch, you people on YouTube, you see it. You've seen it. Guys on Buy Me a Coffee, you've seen it. Well, the picture, it was exactly like that. With the mountains? 
Yeah. Yeah. And and where the door was and the, and the, and the window. And yeah. Amazing. This letter was dated August 4th, 2012. Tony, what's new? I guess this Hanson movie thing is big news. The Frozen Ground. Yeah. Mm. Well done, movie. Mm-hmm. I bet the worm is mad as hell. Fuck him. <laughs> that was me. <laughs> Maybe he can't handle it. You can't handle the truth. <laughs> but it sure messes up the investigation with Agent Gary because no one in the family will talk now. You might want to talk with Sheila Squires again. She was really into finding the cabin, more than the agents, and I think she still is. Tell her I will still help, and I can pinpoint where the cabin is. Bingo. Bingo, right? B-I-N-G-O. I, yeah, I mean, he's been saying this. I, I can pinpoint where the cabin is. Yes. And it just... Goes in one ear and out the other. Is it politics? Well, the movie didn't help. So I, yeah. I, I would, yeah, I'd have to say. Yeah. You know? Fuck. The only way I will help is if I get moved to Juno prison. Because there may be more fallout on this movie deal. And my name may come up. The prisoners here already think I'm a <laughs> rat. The Anchorage newspaper article put my picture next to Hansen and made me look really bad. I'm trying very hard to do the right thing and not hurt anyone. I have a clean record and I want to keep it that way. Juno Prison is the best place with only 300 prisoners and I have a few good friends there. I do not think there's any way I will get to show anyone the cabin, but if they get me in front of a computer and I can see the maps, I'm sure I can put someone within one mile of that cabin. One mile. Do that again. One mile. My cousin Vinny. Very good. Am I right? You are right. Oh, man. Remember the prosecutor? Oh, yes. And he, yeah. <laughs> good job, though. Thank you. I like that. But shit, I mean... He's saying he can get him a mile. Uh-huh. He can do that, too. We know he can. Here is another letter dated September 14th, 2012. Hey, AC. Thank you for the Harley pictures. They were nice. But I am a rat Harley biker. Rat bikes roll. Ha-ha. You don't hear much on rat bikes. It's really old school. I love the pictures. I guess I'm just old. The Harleys look good, 
but look different. Everyone here that saw the pictures loved them. So thank you. As for the worm, so deep in the dirt, they only come out when it rains. I like <laughs> I that. I like that too. Yes. Good writing. Well said, yeah. So this movie will rain on him. <laughs> I hope God finds a way to forgive him. I can't. I will be very surprised if I hear from Agent Gary again. He is supposed to email me, but tells me they won't go through. Everyone else has no problem. I get their emails, so he is full of shit. I have no faith in him, but we'll deal with him if he ever comes back. I just want to help. Respect, man. And we're not making that up. We're not just putting this in the letters. Every letter, no matter how much he gets fucked, he says the same thing. Yeah. I just want to do this. Just got to do this one thing. Right? Why are you drinking out of the bottle? Well, because we're almost you know, finished. Pour it in your cup. Let's get civilized. That's better. I like that. I like that. You you keep me civilized. Civilized, right? Gosh. Yeah. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt you. Go ahead. You're done? I'm done. It's okay. All right. Because of the movie, things are drastically changing with the investigation. We're not sure why. And we were still very hopeful that the cabin would be found. My book came out January 12th, 2012. So I was pretty busy with that and didn't have a lot of time to focus on what was happening. That was a busy time for us. Oh, yeah. When the book came out. Oh, yeah. Manfred, on the other hand, was not very confident. You can tell by the tone of those two letters. Foreshadowing? Perhaps? I think you might be right. Yeah. Well, I also think that this is a good time to call it a wrap. And now you made me pour all this fucking water in my mug now? I like it. Gosh. Civilized. Gosh. I think it's a good spot, too. We covered a lot. Yeah, we did. We will continue next week. So take care, everybody. Stay safe. And remember, <laughs> always walk in the calm after the storm. This is Joey Siaglia, and thank you for listening to Murder Phone, hosted by my brother Tony Siaglia, the subject of the best-selling book, The Serial Killer Whisperer, and his co-host, who also happens to be our father, Al Siaglia. For more information on the show, please visit MurderPhone.com, where you can ask questions, link to our social media accounts, and much, much more. If you'd like to help support the Murder Phone podcast, please go to our Buy Me a Coffee page and sign up for a membership package. You can access all kinds of cool, exclusive content that only official murder phoniacs can get. Please subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts, and an iTunes review would be much appreciated. Well, leave one if 
you liked it. But if you didn't, fuck it. Murder Phone was written and produced by Tony Siaglia and Al Siaglia and recorded at the Level 9 Studios in Las Vegas, Nevada. A special thanks to our friend Justin Borrego for his editing magic. Join us next week for another exciting episode of Murder Phone. Yeah, before we go, I want to give a huge shout out to all those living this life after brain injury, our new normal, as so many call it. You are awesome. Keep going. I know I will. And to my listeners that know someone living with a brain injury or other mental health issues, Please be kind, be patient, and most of all, be understanding. Remember, they are doing the best they can.